You're listening to Women Heard, presented by New York Women in Communications. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser Ilkovich. Welcome to your exclusive coaching session with Robin Hatcher, coach, author, and consultant. This episode features a recording of Robin's Own It professional workshop, where she teaches us how to own it while we hone it and take on a more active role in our career development. In this strategic coaching session, you'll hear practical tips for how we all can differentiate ourselves and get the most success with colleagues who have different communication styles. I'm also excited for you to hear Robin's valuable confidence-building tips. If you are feeling invisible at work, this session is going to shift that so you feel invaluable. One of the many amazing benefits of New York Women in Communications is that it gives you access to incredible coaching partners like Robin. For membership information that will help you gain access to benefits like this, go to nywiki.org. That's nywiki.org. As always, we would love for you to continue to support our podcast by subscribing as well as rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platforms. Did you know that you can rate each episode separately? So every time you listen, you can rate us and we really appreciate it. It really, really helps. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for coming. Love seeing everyone here. About 1957, there was a monastery in Thailand who had to relocate. And so they had this huge Buddha that had been in their possession for hundreds of years. And they loved the Buddha, right? And they needed to move it to the new location. So they were carrying the Buddha, a bunch of monks were carrying the Buddha and one monk saw a little crack in the clay Buddha. It was a really heavy clay Buddha. And he looked through the crack and he thought he saw a golden light emanating from that crack. So he got really curious. And this monk took a little chisel and started chiseling away to see what that golden radiating light was. Do you realize what he found? What he found was that there was a solid gold Buddha underneath all of that clay. Solid gold. Imagine the value of that solid gold Buddha that had been covered in clay for hundreds of years. Now, historians historians thought that what had happened is that there had been an invasion hundreds of years ago, and the monks covered up the Buddha with clay because they were afraid of being raided. And so unfortunately those monks died before they were able to tell anybody that there was gold underneath the clay. I find this story so incredibly fascinating because we are so many times like that Buddha. We have invisible gold hidden under clay. And so I want you to think about it. What invisible quality do you feel that you may still have that is hidden being covered in clay 
Now, I know a lot of you are really super professional and you've had a wonderful life and you've had wonderful professional experiences. And yet, I'm wondering if there is a little quality, a little something that you still keep hidden, you still have covered in clay. And then I wanna ask you, what do you think is covering that gold? What, why is that clay on top of it? Why, I, we know that the monks covered it to protect it from the Mongol invasion, but what are we protecting? What value are we protecting when we keep ourselves covered up and not show our 100% of our value? Now, if you have any ideas, put them in the chat. And I have a few ideas of what I've experienced in my many years of teaching and training. I've been teaching and training for over 15 years. And I was a professional actor for a long time. And I'm a, a practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, which we can talk about later, but it's really a long title. So some of the things that I've discovered in my clients and the people that I work with, there are the inner and the outer things that are keeping us covered. Now, one of the outer things are the cultural and social biases. We all know that there are biases. You know, if you, and there's a lovely saying, which is really sad, but true. If you've got a brain, you've got a bias. And so as women, there's a lot of cultural bias about what women can do, what women should do. So that puts a little layer of clay on us, right? Then there's the social norms. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? that might put a little social, a little clay on us and we have to fight to get out of it, right? So there's that. Then there's the internal choices that we make based on our environment, based on the way that we were raised. That fear of outshining others. Ooh, anybody experienced that? You know, it's like, oh, I know I have these great qualities, but if I show those qualities, so-and-so is gonna be upset. You know, and hand in hand with that, we've got the, not being liked. If I show these qualities, those people are gonna, aren't gonna like me. They're gonna talk about my, me behind my back. See this woman, she's like really excited. Look at the other people behind her. You know, it's like, what does she think she is? Who does she think she is to think that she's so great? You know, so there's that out, that not being liked that also then will cover us in clay. And then the last culprit that I, and I know there are more, but the last culprit I like to point out is this one, perfectionism, right? You know, I will own my value. I will own my greatness once it's perfect. You know, I'm not gonna talk about what I'm doing because it's not quite perfect. And so it's not good enough. So those are four of the things that I see often. And why do I know them so well? because I suffered through all of them. So this is me, the one not looking at the camera, of course, because I was extremely shy as a child. I was so incredibly shy that that became my literal nickname. My mother would introduce me as her daughter, Shy. So I had the cultural norms of the cultural biases of being, in case you haven't noticed, African-American and female, and then I had the cultural bias of being an introvert, being born into an extroverted family. So I was labeled shy. Then you see I'm sitting, standing next to my one older sister who my sister decided that she was supposed to be the star of the family and I wasn't supposed to exist. So 
I had to really worry every time I wanted to do something important or something great that I couldn't outshine her. So that was a little bit of clay that I would cover on myself. And then, of course, not wanting to outshine her, I was worried about not being liked. And, you know, somehow that led to the perfectionism. So, yeah, I get it. I understand it. So I'd love for you all to start typing in chat. What are some of the what are some of the things that are covering you in clay? What are some of the 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 things that you experience that are hiding your amazing value and talent and skills? What resonates with you? Fear of being wrong, not being perfect. Yep, yep, shifting the mindset that good is not perfect. Yes, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Risk averse, yes. Fear of failure, totally. Imposter syndrome, totally in the same vein. Fear of not being accepted. Yes, 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 Emma. All of these items, all of these things are our clay. Well, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about how I excavated my gold. And, you know, when I was so incredibly shy, my mother put me into acting class. So I don't know what that did, but when I was in high school and I was completely overcome with being the shy person and needing to make friends in a brand new school, I decided to audition for a play. Crazy me, but I did. And that was one of the, I, one of the things that acting was able to get me out of myself a little bit. And then I started, I majored in theater when I was in high school, uh, in college, and that's me playing in the Tempest. And then all of those items, all of those events led to me creating another persona for myself, creating how I went from this shy girl with the broken tooth um, to the person that I am today. And along the way, what happened was I met a lot of people and heard a lot of things and read a lot of things that started to see the cracks in my clay, started to see some of the value in calling it out. So it's so important we as women to acknowledge each other, to really acknowledge. And when you see gold in somebody else, point it out. How many of you can point out the gold in another person? And it makes them feel so amazing when that happens. I was so blessed with being surrounded by people who saw my gold and saw the value of just saying, you know what, you're great at this. Or you know what, why don't you do this? And that made, gave me more and more courage. So it was this little crack started to appear in my clay and my goals started shining out a little bit. So I want to do that for anybody who has a little bit left of the clay covering their value. Today, what we want to do is chip it away. We're going to get out the chisel and we are going to chip away at any residue clay that is covering up the immense value that you have to present as a woman of a powerful woman of all of that. All right, you ready? We are going to share and talk about how you can own it. Because as someone said in uh, one of the chat comments, you do not have to be perfect to make an impact. And that's so much what I learned. You know, when people started talking to me about, you know, I remember that my, in the PTA, it was like an amazing experience. This woman, these parents in the PTA kept saying that I should run for president. I should run for president. I'm like, what? I'm an actress. I know nothing. But they saw in me something 
that was a leader that I did not see in myself. So please, 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 if you do nothing else, I want you to think about who in your life you can reach out to and start to chip away at their gold. I want you to do your own goal, but I also want you to see other people's gold and chip away at it and see it and say, yes, you can be a leader. Yes, go for this position. Yes, talk back to that boss who just insulted you. Yes, you can do that. You do not have to be perfect to make an impact. And I know we've all been familiar with that phrase, uh, fake it till you make it. Well, that's not what I'm talking about because I actually hate that phrase because who wants to be a fake? What I like to talk about is own it while you own it. You know, and I have a t-shirt if you want to, you know, call me back, uh, reach out to me if you want one of my t-shirts that says, don't fake it till you make it, own it while you hone it. Because we all have this amazing value, just like that gold Buddha hidden in the clay. And we want to reach out and get it out. So today we're quickly going to go through, and there's not enough time for me to go into depth in any of these things, but we're going to talk about how to excavate your gold, how to communicate and how to radiate your value. So let's start with excavation. You know, like we don't need that monk with the chisel. We are going to do it for ourselves right now. I get so passionate, I sweat. All right, so there are questions that you can ask yourself about how to excavate your goal. The first question is why do you do what you do? And I'm gonna break it down for you. Why do you do what you do? And why you do it differently than other people. And then there are three questions on the bottom of this, which you might find some of them interesting or challenging. And why is she asking me this? But what did you want to be when you were eight years old? What life experiences do you have that you could bring, you bring to the value that you possess? And what are your prior hobbies and work experiences? I work with a lot of people one-on-one -on -one, and I work with a lot of people in groups. And these questions are how you excavate your unique differentiator and your unique value that you bring to the workplace, that you bring to the family, that you bring to anything. I was just working with someone this morning. I work in the financial services a lot. And I asked this person, what differentiates you? Okay, you work for um, JP Morgan, but what differentiates you from all those other financial advisors who work for JP Morgan. And he started talking about the value that he presents and he works with the customer side by side. And then I started asking him deeper. So, okay, but a lot of people can say that. What's the story behind it? And then he started telling me that he used to work in law enforcement. And then, and, and he, and he's also a pastor. So you see how that's a differentiator. He goes to occupations that are in service to other people. So think about it. What is the common denominator that connects you as an eight-year-old? Because um, scientists and neuroscience has figured out that between the ages of eight to 10, we start to formulate our value. We start to formulate what we stand for, what we live for. So oftentimes in so many of my coaching clients, I have asked that question and dug in and dug and dug and discovered a brilliant way that they can start talking about themselves based on what they were like at eight years old or a hobby or an, a, an alternative occupation that they have had. We tend to throw away the baby with the bathwater when we change jobs, but every job that you do, everything that you've done has a connector to the value that you want to present to the world. And when you've made that connection, that makes you completely unique in the field that you're in because you are doing it completely differently and for completely different reasons than other people. 
right? So you ask yourself that question. Then the other question I want you to ask is, how is your workplace better because of you? Think of some of these things. What are the unique qualities that you bring? People can do the exact same job, but do it for completely different reasons and bring completely different talents and values and, and, and skills to that position. So what is it that you bring? You know, yes, everybody there is a financial advisor or maybe everybody there is an IT person, but do you help the company save time? Do you help them drive innovation? Do you help the, the people around you feel more confident? And do you help them increase productivity? Think about it from the what's in it for the company or even the family or the, the, the social constructs that you're in. How is it, how is life better because of the specific things that you do? If anybody has any thoughts about that or, or really I'd love for you to start declaring it because when you declare it, it becomes true. So what I would love for you to do in the chat right now is I would love for you to write down how you make the workplace better or how you are, are differentiate yourself from everybody else that you work with or you interact with. Really think about it, own it. I, so many times I ask that question, oh, it's kind of like, no, own it, you own it. If you say it, it's true. Just own it and then you own it. And then if it is not perfect, you continue to hone it. You continue to work on it until it is a place where you would like it to be, right? I don't see any chats. Come on, guys. <laughs> Bridge the cap between communication and community, great. Thank you. I mentor the teamwork. Yes, Chelsea. Great. Great. What else? Think about it. Write it down. Write it down for yourself. Write it down for us so we can declare it. Okay. And once you have that, I would love for you to create. I'm persistent. I don't give up. I love that. I make connections. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Own that. Own it. It's so important. I help people go higher. I create interpersonal relationship with my new hires and interns. Excellent. I bring humanity into the, I'm a problem. I love it. Look at all these amazing qualities and gold that needs to be owned and shown. Oh, owned and shown. Okay. Uh, so, and once you have this, I'd love for you to create what I'd like to call a value vault. Your value vault is something that you collect all of these fabulous things in. You know, it's like, it could be a notebook, it could be a spreadsheet, it could be a journal. So write down all the successes that you've experienced, all the awards, any promotion, write it down. Any feedback from colleagues or clients, any testimonials that you've gotten, even if it's just a LinkedIn prompt, write it down. Stories around your strengths and your accomplishments. If you've taken any assessments and they, and they talk about all the great parts of you, write that down. Because what happens when we have all of these wonderful things happen, our brain tends to forget them. Because our brain only holds on to the negative because the negative they think, your brain, they, the brain, thinks it's going to keep you safe. And so it remembers the negative things more readily than it remembers the positive things. So what you need to do is remind your brain of all the wonderful things that you are and all the wonderful things that you've done and what people have said about you. And so when you have that value vault, if you're going into a meeting, if you're going into a job interview, if you're going into something that you feel like could be conflict uh, ridden, 
take out your value vault, you read it through, and then you think, whoa, I am hot stuff. I remember when Georgia said this about me. I remember when Megan told me this, you know, so those are the things that then go uppermost in your mind. You walk into that meeting. It's like, hey, you can't touch this. Can't touch that. Okay. Another song, another time. Um, so, so those are the things that I love. And I have uh, so many of my clients who will create that value vault and make it a really special thing so that they can reflect on it when they need to. And don't forget to appreciate what you excavate. You know, we take for granted, and that's why I want you to do the volume vault because we often take for granted the things that we do well. You know, and that's why I want you to write down all of those things about what, how, what you bring to the workplace because so many times that happens, it's like, oh, that's easy. I've done it myself. It's like, oh, you know, telling people what to do when they're doing a presentation, that's easy. Telling people how to conduct a conversation, that's easy. It's not easy, it's, it's a skill. It's a skill that I learned, I cultivated, I intuited, and now I can give it. But you need to own it as something different. And so when you don't own it, people don't see it. So that's what you really wanna do is like own it while you hone it and appreciate what you excavate. All right. Now let's talk about communicating. This is something that I fully believe. When it comes to communication, the most powerful step you can take to ensure you're being seen, heard, and valued is to understand and value other people's communication styles. We all are different in the way that we communicate. And part of the issue around communicating our value is that we, we think that people should understand it and get us. So what I love to share is how we can understand our own communication style, how we can understand the other communication style so that we can engage better and we could be understood better. And uh, the book that I wrote and just reissued is Standing Ovation Presentations. And in it, I talk about nine different actor types, I call them. We've done all sorts of assessments. We, and what I created is actor types because, you know, I told you I used to be an actor and um, I call myself a recovering actor. And I found that so many act um, types in acting coincide with our communication styles. It's not an accident. I also wrote for two daytime soap operas. And then the soap operas, when you're writing for soap operas, you have to write for a specific type, a different communication style. And so knowing your style is so important because it doesn't work for everybody. And so I'm gonna just talk to about the top four quickly about my communication styles. So we've got the hero, the buddy, the whiz kid, and the superhero. Now the the hero is charismatic, energetic, powerful, engaging. Its motto, their model is get applause. I love applause, I love recognition. The buddy is someone who is dependable, supportive, indirect, cooperative. Their model, get along. WizKid, data-driven, fact-driven, analytical, precise. Get it right is their motto. And taking charge is a superhero. You know, the person that walks in the room and that, yeah, I can fix that. I can fix that. I can fix that. Taking action, direct, big. Their motto is let's just get it done. Now think about those. And now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what the, the different types don't like. And you'll get a better clear. And then I want you to start thinking. I have a quiz on my website that you'll be able to take afterwards. Go to my website, 
slash quiz and communication quiz, and you'll be able to take it and see where, where you fall in the actor types. But I'd love for you to, you can probably figure it out yourself here. Now let's look at what the four types do not like. The hero dislikes making check, uh, choices and options limited. They want to have choices. They don't like decisions being dragged out or taking a long time. Anybody relate? They don't, uh, buddies do not like feeling pushed or doing into doing anything, or they don't like aggressive behavior, others behaving aggressively. The whiz kid does not like things not being done the right way. They do not like the lack of structure. And then we've got the superhero who's a doesn't like appearing weak. You know, do not make the superhero feel weak or lose status. Too much conversation and not enough action. They dislike. They hate it. So anybody, anybody, write in the chat where they might see themselves in one of these these types. Oh, I love the smile file. That's great. Just looking at some of the types. Checks, checks, yes. Smile file is great. All right, so who's a buddy? Who's a hero? Who's a whiz kid? And just, uh, you know that most people are a combination of, of, of some. And, and sometimes you could be one type at work and another type at home. So there's no one set. Ooh, we've got a lot of superheroes in the room. Yay. I mean, the buddy and whiz kid, great. Super shiro. Yes, thank you. I should change that for this. Yeah, thank you, Brandy. Uh, yeah, super shiro. Yes, yes, yes. So now let's look at these from another, keep it coming, I'd love to know. Let's look at it from another perspective. Now you are, you know who you are, this is what you like, this is what you like, but you interact with, okay, all the superhero heroes probably are sitting at work and they have to work with a buddy, which is a challenge sometimes with a superhero, or they have to work with the whiz kid, or the, the buddy needs to work with the hero. So how do you communicate? How do they like to be communicated to? Because one of the problems that happens is when we're trying to be visible, we're trying to be invaluable, and we go to talk to somebody in our own type style. And that person looks at you like, oh, please shut up. You're talking too much. Or I don't have enough detail. Or so this is what they're seeing, different type. So how can you be invaluable? How can you go from that invisible to invaluable is like I said in that other quote, is knowing the other type and being able to talk to them from it. So let's look at how these types like to communicate. So a hero, when you're, if you are working or communicating with a hero, you want to, communi uh, you want to communicate in person. They love that in person because they want to catch your energy and you want to speak with energy. One of the things that heroes really do not like, and that's why heroes and buddies can sort of butt heads, is like all of this low, this slow, and whiz kids too, that slow pace and many, many, many stories. So you want energy. If they don't see energy, they don't believe you. Um, give the big picture first. A lot of um, buddies and whiz kids will go into all of the nitty gritty details of something. The hero wants to see the big picture first, and then maybe they'll ask about the, the details. Superheroes like that as well. But you want to give the big picture first, and you want to make things sound exciting. You know, if it sounds dull, the hero is not going to be interested, and they're not going to, they're, they're not going to listen to well, and they're not going to want to do it. So let's look at the buddy. The buddy, you want to speak calmly and warm and friendly. Now, the worst thing you could do 
to a buddy is walk in a room and not say hello. Because the buddy is going to think, oh my God, they hate me. And they're going to spend the entire rest of the day or hour or whatever wondering why you hate them. And so really just saying hello or making even small talk, you know, if you don't make small talk, oh, what's wrong? What did I do? So think about that when you're interacting with the buddy. Avoid confrontation and pressure. Of course, you can't always, but you, you know, would talk to me and we'll figure out and I'll tell you ways that you can confront a buddy that is safe. Um, so avoiding that and that pressure that makes them really, really uh, on edge. See collaboration and consensus. Always try to collaborate with them and minimize criticism when you can or make it make. Yeah, we'll talk about that some other time, too. But the whiz kid, whiz kid, put something in writing because they like the details. Discuss pre, uh, process and systems. What is the process? Don't just say, you know, as a hero, one of the one of the things that we tend to do is like, oh yeah, get this done tomorrow. WizKid needs to know how, means to know how long it's gonna take, what steps you want them to take, how often you want to meet up about it. If you don't do that, they're gonna go crazy and not know what to do. Be 100% accurate when you can, because if they find one mistake, they've just judged you as being an idiot. Okay, avoid <laughs> displays of emotion. Um, that's like not all the time with whiz kids, but if you get totally emotional, they start to retreat and think, what's, what's going on and what can I do? Superhero, be confident, show conviction. Although superheroes, you agree with me on that? You know, it's like the worst thing that you can do is go up to a superhero and say, um, maybe uh, I kind of maybe want to sort of do something. No, be confident, be convicted, know exactly what it is that you want to do and what, what it is that you want to say. Also, get to the point quickly, just like with the hero, get to the point. Don't dawdle around conversation or the what's or the why's or all of that and show what's in it for them. What's in it for them is most important. Um, don't talk about what's in it for everybody else, but in, you can say what's in it for them. Uh, I need this because it will make you look better. Of course, you're not gonna say those exact words, but that's how you wanna frame your conversation around dealing with the superhero. And when you can massage their, their ego without them knowing that you're massaging their ego, because if you show that you're so massaging their ego, they're not gonna like that. They're gonna think that that is, you know, you're trying to suck up to them or something like that. So you need to find a way to massage your ego without letting them know. All right, so those are some tips that you can have with that. And I'd love to feel like you're mixed. Uh, yeah, everybody is mixed. And what you wanna do is think about how, which, which one shows up. When you know what, which you are, it shows up under stress. When you're in a stressful situation, that's when the real you shows up and that's what really uh, resonates. And that's the type that you're probably, what I call the default type, right? So our next and last eight that we're gonna deal with is how to radiate. So once you know an expert, ex, excavate your value and you appreciate your value and you know how to communicate, what we need to do is radiate as well. What do you look like when you are speaking? What do you sound like when you are sharing? What, are the, what is the content? Is it really, really connecting with the value? So when you are a hero or a superhero, you're, you want to stand and dress and appear 
like that visual superhero. And um, when you are sound, when you are talking to someone, you want to sound confident. You do not want to sound like everything is a question. You do not want to sound like monotone that everything is all the same. You do not want to sound like this sing song and everything and I'm whatever and whatever, whatever. Those are some vocal things that you really want to work at. You want to have passion in your voice, especially when you're talking to a hero or a superhero. You want to really show that you care by emphasizing the specific words that you feel are important. And visually, you want to stand with power. And I know that we're all zoomed out and how can you visually appear to still engage? That's why I'd love to have cameras on so I can see you. Even when I'm sitting, I'm standing for this presentation, but if you're doing a presentation at work, why not figure out how to stand? Also, when you are seated, why find a way that you can have more of your torso showing in the shot? Because when you show more of your torso, you can then be more expressive. You have more coming from your, your heart center, is what I like to call it. And when you're showing something with their heart center, then people can feel more engaged with you. Also, when you have more of your body showing, you can then gesture more so that people can have more idea of what it is that you're saying and thoughts and really connect to you that way. So the visual is so important. I remember being at an event once and this woman said that she was a, an artist and, and I looked at her portfolio. It was actually a wiki event, I think. I looked at her portfolio and it was all this bright, colorful, beautiful stuff. And then I looked up at her. And she was wearing a black dress and pearls. And I thought, hmm, this doesn't compute. So if you have something, there's a value in you, how can you bring it out visually? How can you bring it out vocally so that I get that connection? When you tell me something, say, yes, she's an artist that I wanna see their beautiful, colorful items. And what we would love to do is with the, the content as well, you definitely want to use words, million dollar words. You want to avoid the likes, the ums, the you knows, all of those that get in the way of you being heard and you being seen. And as I close, I really want to talk about how important these three things are together. A lot of times we people, we people say, if, if you're worried about all this visual and vocal stuff, it doesn't matter because I know what I'm saying. What is important is you wanna radiate 100% and be consistent with all three of these Vs, the visual, the vocal, and the verbal, because people will first hear what it is that you say and see what it is. Those are the two most important parts of the Vs. And if they don't aren't consistent with what it is that you're saying, the people will not believe or trust what it is that you're saying. They trust their visual and they trust their vocal. And that all has to do with evolutionary, but that's, that's how we, that's how we roll here in our neck of the evolutionary scale. So in closing, I have this one thing. If you want to reach out to me, I have this, you can ideate is a, a bonus one. And when you ideate, I want you to create a story of where you want to go. This is your vision plan. So if you have this amazing place that you want to be, once there was, and then what the once there was is where you are now. Once, and I did this from when I was a child. Once there was a, a child named Shy, and every day she felt 
that no one would talk to her, no one would look at her, no one saw her value until one day she decided to audition for a screenplay, a, a school play. And because of that, and because of that, and because of that, until finally she was keynote speaker at conferences where 2,500 and more people speak. And so that's what you can do for yourself, create a story. I have done this for so many of my clients. And what has happened is we go back several months later and there they have put the work in. They have created this beautiful story. And several months later, I look at the story and say, oh my gosh, it all came true. So I love for you to excavate your value, learn to communicate your value then stand out and radiate your value. And if you need to, ideate your value and create the story of who it is that you wanna be. And ultimately, what I want you to do is own your value. You've been listening to Women Heard, presented by New York Women in Communications. I'm your host, Julie Hockheiser-Ilkovich. Thank you to the amazing team that works on this podcast. Chelsea Orcutt, Elizabeth Roberts, Chrisanne Grise, Mandy Carr, Shania Anderson, and Alex Fetter, who wrote our original theme music. And thank you to everyone at New York Wiki who supports us. For more information about Women Heard, go to nywiki.org slash podcast. That's nywiki.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening.